Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Effed Up. I am Teresa. I'm Cody. And today is our very special happy birthday episode. Happy birthday! Woo! Yeah, this was a little bit late. Uh, this was supposed to come out on November the 2nd. We're recording it on November the 29th, and hopefully it will come out on December 2nd. Yeah, uh, sorry for the delay. There were, uh, you know, life got in the way. We went on vacation, and then last day of vacation, I caught COVID. After yep. two and a half years of avoiding it, I caught it at the worst possible time. Um, I was out of commission for a while. Uh, and then shortly after that, my mother passed away after a very long uh, illness this year. So uh, thank you for those of you who have sent in your condolences and whatnot. Uh, as appreciated. So yeah, we're uh, you know coming back, and not with a regular episode. Those will be returning shortly, hopefully. Um, yes. But this, yeah, this is the long-delayed uh, one-year anniversary episode. It's not really long-delayed. A month isn't that bad. Yeah, it feels like a lifetime since then, but... Yeah. But yeah, sometimes you gotta put your fun times on hold and just take care of business. Yeah. So, but now we're back to fun times. For yeah. the, well, relatively fun times. Yes. Um, so, fun times of talking about a lot of people who murdered millions of people. Yes, fun times! Well, some of these people did fun things, but... Basically, for our birthday episode, we are pitting all of our effer-uppers for the past 26 episodes against one another to determine and crown an ultimate effer-upper. So, how does it work, Cody? So, I randomly seeded all 26 um, uh, effer-uppers from our first year into a 26-team single elimination bracket. So, since that's not a normal bracket setup of, like, you know, 12 or 24 or 48 teams... A few of them have first-round buys, um, and I sort them into regions, as you would like, you know, like NCAA basketball tournament, for example. There's different regions. So, mm-hmm. in the London region, we are our, our first-round matchups: Charles Cornwallis versus Emperor Maurice. Okay. Oliver Cromwell versus Kermit Tyler. And Louis Mountbatten versus Woodrow Wilson in a battle of the racists. Racists, uh, and the first round buy in that section is King Alexander the Third. In the Washington region, our first round matchups are Chester Arthur against the tag team of Max Blank and Isaac Harris. Okay. And our other first round matchup is Kermit Roosevelt Jr. versus Benjamin Ruff. And our first round buys in that region are Byron Smith and Alfred Baldwin. Okay. In the Rome region. Uh, we, because uh, you know we have blue million emperors in here, so <laughs> our first round matchups are Lawrence Malloy versus Eros, Shah Muhammad II versus George Germain, Emperor Valens versus Louis the Pious in a battle of the emperors. <laughs> and first round by is Julian Goodman, and finally in the Dayton region, Dayton, because I, I had to put our hometown there somewhere. <laughs> uh, the first round matchups are Mike Veck versus Oscar Potiorek. And John Landis versus William Patterson with the first round buys Leonidas Polk and Pothinus. All right. So let's uh, let's crack into it. Um, are you ready to rumble? Did you know that that with the upper uppers? So do you know that... in this tournament? Oh my gosh! Wow. Are you are you done? I'm done. <laughs> oh my God. 
So did you know that Bruce Buffer, the announcer for yeah. the UFC, that's his brother, his older brother, who does the let's get ready to rumble thing? That doesn't surprise me. Didn't he retire? Bruce Buffer? No, the the guy from the HBO boxing. Or, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. no. He's he's older than Bruce Buffer, and they're like done, done. Yeah. So, Okay, so what is our first, our very first competition? Very first matchup right at the top of the bracket. Charles Cornwallis versus Emperor Maurice. Okay. Allow me to shuffle through my papers here. And I will just give you a brief summary, our listeners. So we have Charles Cornwallis, who was the Lord Lieutenant of Ireland. He was a British general, led his army to defeat at Yorktown during the American Revolutionary War, and then led Ireland into political union with the United Kingdom in 1801 through nefarious means, leading to further Irish repression and resentment over the next century. And then we have Emperor Maurice, who is a Roman emperor from 582 to 602, he had extensive Balkan campaigns against the Germanic tribes. His decision to stay in hostile territory over the winter of 602 led to a mutiny and a subsequent overthrow. The rival Sassanid Empire intervened, leading to over two decades of war and leaving both empires weak and primed for invasion by the new adherents of Islam. So the point of this matchup is to determine the ultimate effort-upper. So we have to determine who's worse— Charles Cornwallis, or who who effed up bigger, yeah. I guess. Charles Cornwallis or Emperor Maurice. Um, do you have initial thoughts? I have an idea, but since I am of the two of us, and this is, you know, no insult on you. I am the expert of the two of us. Yeah, that's true. I Maybe, maybe you should give your opinion first. That way, your opinion is not colored by my expert opinion. That's fair. I uh, My knee-jerk reaction, and I'm always going to go with my gut because I don't think about anything before I do it, uh, is Emperor Maurice. Emperor Maurice. Yeah. I definitely think that um, the the maybe his specific F-up is not big, but what it led to and the invasion of the Sassanid Empire and subsequent you know Islamic overthrow and things mm. like that, I think that is uh, a much more tenuous... Uh, balance that was like I, I i just feel like the the instability of that region even to this day just kind of speaks to the fact that it's been you know almost 1500 years and we're still having to deal with the kind of impacts of this mm. for one reason or the other um so that's what i'm gonna say um and, and yes i uh, not to say that the irish repression is less than but uh i feel like the irish uh, population is at least somewhat stable at this point. Yeah, for the I, most part. Yeah, um, I, I tend to agree. Uh, Maurice was who I was going to pick. Okay. Because uh, yeah, it, it's again. No, I mean, and really, this is not to lessen the impact of the people we don't pick. Yeah. This uh, this isn't the pain Olympics. Yeah. Um, this is purely our own subjective. Yeah. Opinion. So. It's Maurice's f up impacted like a like a whole an entire region, mm-hmm. like the entire Middle East was impacted right. because of this. Nearly a continent. Um, whereas with Charles Cornwallis, it was an island, right? So, um, I, yeah, I think Maurice had the the uh, far more reaching uh, f up. So, and which maybe. Eh, that also kind of runs the thing. It's like somebody who was earlier mm-hmm. is probably going to have a larger impact because they had more time to for sure. the effects to be felt. 
Right. So I don't want to get into that rut. <clears throat> but this is an instance where it's like, yeah, it, it 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 fits. Yeah. So, Emperor Maurice, you are moving on. Charles Cornwallis, you are doomed to eternity to relive your loss at Yorktown. Mediocre f up. The first loser. All right, what's the next matchup? The next matchup is Oliver Cromwell versus Kermit Tyler. So two two Ireland, uh, two of our Ireland people in a row. All right. So Oliver Cromwell was Lord Protector of the Commonwealth, parliamentarian leader and general during the Wars of the Three Kingdoms, king in all but name. Vicious campaign, his vicious campaign in Ireland and repression of Irish Catholics in the 1650s led to centuries of unrest. So uh, one Irish effort upper yep. leading to the next. And then Kermit Tyler, who is the U.S. Army radar officer who failed to adequately react to incoming Japanese strike force, which led to the devastating surprise assault on Pearl Harbor in 1941, which inevitably led to the United States being part of World War II. Um, so we have Oliver Cromwell. Um, I mean, it's a pretty famous name. Um, I, I feel like I hear about him in terms of Irish Catholics all the time. However... Uh, yeah, his name is still damned in Ireland to this day. Yeah. Um, but I, once again, I don't think about things before I do them, so my need, my gut reaction is to go with Kermit Tyler. Um, the United States being part of World War II was both devastating and also crucial. Um, obviously, we had... Tons and tons of people. I don't know what the figure is off the top of my head, but the number of people who died in World War II for the United States was massive. Um, but I also think that, uh, well, now now I'm kind of like, was it a good thing that the United States joined World War II? Well, it's, it's not as impactful as if the impact was good or bad. That's true. Like the like. The size of the impact versus... And he clearly made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And the, it's just the impact. Like, how big was the impact? Not necessarily, was it good, was it bad? Okay, <clears throat> I'm going with Kermit Tyler. I'm not okay. I'm not going back. I'm actually going to disagree. I'm, I was going to go with Oliver Cromwell. You know, I almost flipped. I almost flipped. <laughs> but, no, I'm sticking with my guns. I think U.S. intervention in World War II was inevitable. Mm-hmm. It was always going to happen. When out when it happened and why it happened may have been different, but mm-hmm. I feel like it was we were kind of headed down that path anyway. Okay. So, and Cromwell set the stage for like a lot of what came after Ireland because that utterly wipes out the Irish landowning class. It really begins restricting Catholic, uh, Catholicism in Ireland, mm-hmm. which really kind of. Um, made the native Irish kind of like a more, uh, it led to a greater revival of like Irish nationalism. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we are actively being persecuted and killed. We live here. We're from here. Yeah. <laughs> I flip. Um, our way of, no. Mm-hmm. No, no, I flip. I, I was about to do it anyways before you decided all about it. Right. Well, let's say for now, like what you would say you stick with. Okay. That way, you know. But yeah, uh, at Ty- Kermit Tyler, it's like, you know, the attack still would have happened because mm-hmm. the planes were already in the air. Yeah. It just would have, because, well, I mean, we probably still would have been drawn just, into the war. Yeah. But like the impact would have been lessened. Yeah. So less people dead. Yeah. But Oliver Cromwell, you advance Kermit Tyler, you get 
tortured for all eternity in some ring of hell. And, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm coming with these top of my head. And, and, and somebody takes pity on you and somebody else says, hey, don't worry about it. Okay. Like you did. So. Okay. All right. What's the next what's the next matchup? Louis Mountbatten versus Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> he said the battle of the racists. Very yes. true. Louis Mountbatten was the uh, viceroy of India. He oversaw the independence of India and Pakistan from British rule, but his decision to move forward the independence state without consultation led to mass confusion, millions of casualties and lingering animosity to this current day. And Woodrow Wilson was a U.S. president from 1913 to 21, and he was one of the big four at the Paris Peace Conference after World War II, sorry, World War I. But his strident opposition to inclusion of a racial equality cause in the Treaty of Versailles hardened Japanese, the Japanese attitude towards Western powers, leading to the rise of militant nationalism in Japan. Um, I'm definitely going to go uh, Louis Mountbatten in this particular instance, um, India and Pakistan, their independence was a mess. It was a complete mess. And the uh, mass exodus of Muslim people and Hindu people from their relative like made-up regions in Pakistan and India led to so many people. What, what's the term for it called? The, the, where they separated? Partition. Partition, yeah. They made an entire Marvel series based off of, like, Miss Marvel is literally based off of Partition. She would not have gotten her powers had Partition not happened. Not that that is why I picked it, but I think even today, like, there's animosity, but also it's still a mess. Like, it's still completely destabilized. And granted, it's only been, you know, 70 years since then, which I'm saying only 70 years. I'm sure that that seems like a lifetime I mean, it is a lifetime, really, but, um, yeah, we're still able to see how crushed India and Pakistan became after this arbitrary division and partition of their country, and the fact that they had little to no support afterwards and had no business with, like, there was no consultation afterwards, there was no, like, assistance from the British Empire, it was just, like okay, you guys are split apart now because we say so and good for you and go ahead and take care of that. And that's it. That's what I'm going to say. Um, not to say that Woodrow Wilson didn't definitely mess up, um, but I'm that's my gut feeling as Lee Mountbatten. Is that I think we also decided on his episode that Woodrow Wilson was also an incel, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know why um, that just popped in my head. Yeah, I, I think that there were other... Um, other factors that helped with the rise of nationalism in Japan, mm-hmm. um, basically everything that happened to them in the late uh, 19th and early 20th century um, made Japan kind of force them into a war position. Mm. Um, but I think that, as per usual, the Empire, the, the British Empire uh, messed around in something that they didn't understand at all and then left it broken and millions of people dead and completely destabilized, and they're still like that. Yeah, uh, I agree. Mountbatten, um, r- really for no good reason, like other than that, he just wanted to go home. Um, I, mean, I know there's other stupid reasons, but like, yeah, it, it's just like there was no need for it. Mm-hmm. Like, you were there to do a job. It, it, it would be like if someone gave me a deadline for a project mm-hmm. at work, they gave me a deadline of a month, and I'd be like, 
I can do it in a week. And I do it a week later, and it's like a jumbled mess. Yeah. It's just, like, literally millions dead. Those two countries still are each other's stores. They still, they're still the Jammu and Kashmir region in North India and uh, West Pakistan is still disputed between the two of them. Um, It led to them both developing nuclear weapons. And it's just... India in 1974 and Pakistan, I think, in 1999. And Cromwell was, or or Mountbatten was just, was just careless. Yeah, he was just this friggin' snot-nosed member of the royal peripheral member of the royal family military royal brat yeah royal military brat (laughs) yeah it's just like and also and the way it was set especially like pakistan because you had west pakistan and Mm -hmm. east pakistan separated by the entire country of india right like how did you think that was gonna work yeah it ended up not working like i think in 1971 east pakistan gained independence as bangladesh so like 20 not even 25 years later and wow. also led to another massive war. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's just... Uh, it was a mess. Uh, yeah. So nobody it, nobody was consulted who actually lived in the area yeah, to say, it, like, hey, what's a what's a sensible way to separate us? Especially, like, dividing it solely on religion. Yeah. When it's like, no, if, if you're going to do that, either really keep the whole country, keep it as one, mm-hmm. like one giant country, or divvy it up based on, like, ethnic groups. Yeah. Or, like, a, which, you know, several different ones, like uh, like the Punjab or Kashmir mm-hmm. or, like, all these other different ones. Like, maybe break it up into, like, several different smaller countries. Yeah. It's so like, each individual group of people can, like, rule themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it, it's just, it, it was just a hot, a hot mess. Yeah. By the British doing what the British do best. Going in, drawing lines on a map, and leaving. Yeah. Yep. So, Mountbatten, uh, you move on. And I hate your name because it's long. <laughs> I have to write it out and fit it in this little box. Yeah. So. What's the so, next parrot? So, um, well, that concludes the London region. The oh, first okay. round of London region. So, our matchups for the second round are going to be... We're not going to do the second round right now, but like, I just want to yeah. keep in mind... King Alexander III versus Emperor Maurice. Okay. Oliver Cromwell versus Louis Mountbatten. So, Dang, okay. two British military dudes against each other. <sighs> All right. Yeah. So, next up in the Washington region, Chester Arthur versus Max Blank and Isaac Harris. All right. I already know what I'm going to answer for this one, but Chester Arthur uh, was a U.S. president. He recognized King Leopold II of Belgium's personal ownership of the Congo Free State which made the Congo Free State internationally legitimate. Then Leopold's personal rule uh, basically would cause tons of brutal atrocities to be committed there, and we found out about them. Um, And then, uh, sorry, who was that second person? Max Blank and Isaac Harris. Max Blank and Isaac Harris. Um, They were the owners of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory in New York City. They were the ones who uh, locked up all of the doors, um, which caused... A large casualties to happen when a big fire broke out in 1911. And it also led to gradual improvement of working conditions and uh, unionization and things. Um, but definitely going to answer um, Chester Arthur in this case. Hands down, the atrocities that happened in the Congo are absolutely unfathomable. And I actually just listened to um, the Behind the Bastards about what happened after... King Leopold was yep. done and how like Belgium 
so Belgium, so King Leopold was the individual ruler of the Congo Free State. Basically, he, he, owned it. He personally owned it. This is like his personal property. And then Belgium was like, "No, no, no! You can't do that. We're going to take it now. Um, we'll, we'll have ownership of it." And it wasn't better. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't as bad, but it wasn't like terrible, terrible. But yeah. it's still terrible. <laughs> it was still an exploited colony. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Chester Arthur, definitely a big effer upper. Um, yeah, the the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire is absolutely terrible, but um, the Congo is still not a stable place. Yeah, it has not been a stable place ever, really. I mean, not since Europeans decided to interfere in it. Yeah, um, and they're numerous, not br- like he had a brutal dictatorship after the mm-hmm. Belgians left with uh, Mobutu. Um, then after he was gone, you had civil wars. Um, rigged elections, and, and the worst part is, it is it really it should be what really one of the most powerful countries on the planet because it is large, mm-hmm. is um, has large population, and it has a great deal of mineral wealth. Yeah, tons of natural that, resources. Uh, yeah, other so, other other countries have gotten rich off of exploiting. So yeah, but it's like it could own its own. Like it could be a very powerful country if it if it were stable, and you know had a stable government. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that yeah. uh, empires would come in and and mess with these countries that and and end up grouping countries together that had no business being grouped together. Yeah, or, or regions that had no re- business being grouped together, and then they'll go in mess with them and then leave them liable to having a dictatorship yep. or. Um, something terrible, something else terrible happened to them, or another, you know, empire come in. So I definitely think hands down Chester Arthur. Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, not to play down the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire, because it was horrifying, and I think that was some of the most horrifying quotes I ever read on this show were about that. Yes, I agree. Like, very graphic stuff about the bodies, Mm -hmm. Um, but... But we also can see photographs of people who have lost their their hands. hands. Yeah, so there was a hand quota and dead, you know, dead kids and stuff. Yeah. Awful. So and Arthur just didn't really look too much into it. Was just like, yeah, sure. No, he got swayed. He went to that yeah. Florida house yeah, and was yeah. like, hell yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like I'm sick. I'll be dead soon anyway. Who cares? So yeah. So Chester Arthur, you move on. Terrible. Max Planck and Isaac Harris, you are condemned to. Burn in a factory. <laughs> oh, I should say, uh, I meant to say, Woodrow Wilson, you are condemned. Well, I guess you may have lived this con- uh, condemnation for your whole life, but you are condemned to continually pine for your cousin oh. and not be able to have her. Oh, gross. All right. So, Continue, please. Uh, next matchup Kermit Roosevelt Jr., our very first episode versus Benjamin Ruff. Ruff. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Kermit Roosevelt Jr. was a CIA operative. I don't know why I said that so slow. Kermit Roosevelt Jr. was a CIA operative, and his decision to press forward with Operation Ajax after an apparent failure led to the successful overthrow of the democratically elected leader of Iran in or Iran in 1953 in favor of the repressive Shah Reza Pahlavi ultimately leading to the Iranian Revolution and the strained U.S.-Iran relations to the present day. 
And uh, Benjamin Ruff was the co-founder of South Fork Hunting and Fishing Club, who was responsible for the deterioration of the South Fork Dam, which led to the Johnstown flood in 1889. And once again, I'm going to go purely with my gut and say Kermit Roosevelt Jr., um, the Iranian Revolution and the relationship that the United States and Iran have today. Is it Iranian? Iranian. The Iranian Revolution and the relations that we have in that overthrow, even though, um, who was the person that they overthrew? The democratically elected leader? Uh, Mohammad Mossadegh. Yeah, Mossadegh. Even though Mossadegh was left alive and, you know, ended up being influential for many, many years afterwards, um, I still... Well, he was under house arrest. Right. But, But he was still influential. I mean, you still heard his name in national politics, I think, even afterwards. No, no? You know, like, he was under house arrest. Like, he could not, he wasn't able to participate in politics. How come I know about his name, though, now? Because we did the episode on him. No, I mean, I feel like he had been in the news. <laughs> Maybe, like, usually when there's a inflaming of relations, usually there's a news story like, hey, the U.S. did this back in the day, and this is why this is like this now. Hmm. Maybe it's a different Mosaic. I, I don't know, but anyway. Anyways, I I'm still gonna go with uh, with Kermit Roosevelt Jr. I, I mean, I definitely think the Johnstown flood was uh, was bad, but something like a singular in- incident like that, it's easy it's easier to look at something more far reaching, such as the the Operation Ajax and the Iranian revolution and things like that and see how much of a bigger impact that would be and a bigger F up that would be than, um, than Kermit or not Kermit Tyler. Keep li- <laughs> I need to like mark through the ones that we've already done. Benjamin Ruff. Hmm. I'm going to have to start thinking about this a little bit differently though. Nope. I'm still going with, um, uh, I'm still going with Kermit Roosevelt Jr. I am as well. Um, because, yeah, it, it, his F-up was a lot more far-reaching. I mean, yeah. it impacted the entire country of Iran. Yeah. Um, it impacted its relation with the United States. Um, hot, Iran hostage crisis. The nuclear problems we've had with them for the past, you know, 15 years. Um, uh, greater animosity with other powers in the region, like Israel and Saudi Arabia. Right. Um... So, in rough, uh, he destroyed a town. Not to put too fine a point on it, but... Um, and basically everybody involved got away with it. Yeah. Thousands were dead. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's... It's sad. It's bad, but... It had a great impact on that region, but... I mean, Roosevelt's impact was greater. So, yeah. Roosevelt, you move on. Ruff, you are condemned to... Be right there in front of a dam when it breaks. <laughs> so, in the Washington region, our matchups are going to be, in the second round, Byron Smith versus Chester Arthur, and Kermit Roosevelt Jr. versus Alfred Baldwin. All right. So, next up in the Rome region. Rome. <laughs> Lawrence Malloy versus Eros. All right. So, Lawrence Malloy was the NASA's... <laughs> NASA. Lawrence Malloy was the NASA executive who pushed through the launch of the STS-51L uh, mission in January 1986 over the objections of the NASA engineers, and that led to the Space uh, Shuttle Challenger, 
uh, exploding and losing all seven crew members. And Eros, wait, no. Was it Eros? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Eros was the aide to the Roman Emperor Aurelian. Uh, whatever happened, we're not exactly sure what happened, but his unknown screw-up led to the assassination of Aurelian in 275 and the continuation of the crisis of the 3rd century. This one's tough because I think that the Space Shuttle Challenger exploding was awful because it was televised and everybody had to see it and it also totally undercut any um a, a lot of faith in the nasa space mission and manned space flight mm-hmm. um but i'm also going to say that the the crisis of the third century was pretty far reaching and uh, emperor aurelian was on a tear and he did so much good in that region he was really cleaning up. He had, was checking all the boxes. And then Eros, you know, basically did something, spread a, a rumor. Filing error. Yeah, <laughs> spread a rumor, whatever happened. Um, and Aurelian was assassinated. And then things got crappy again. So, although I want to say Lawrence Malloy, because I, I remember, like, watching archive footage of the Space Shuttle Challenger blowing up and, like, knowing how much it sucked and seeing everybody's reaction to it. I'm going to say that Eros's was a little bit more far-reaching and the crisis of the 3rd century uh, definitely led to probably the fall of the Roman Empire eventually. I don't know if it ever got better to the point where it would have stopped, but, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's what I had to think about, because, yeah, Lawrence Malloy, it's like... That one is more visceral, I think, to us, because, mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't alive at the time, but, Lord, we've seen that footage over and over and over again repeatedly in on TV and documentaries and history textbooks. I mean, that that's a pretty significant F-up that has impacted, you know, maybe not necessarily our generation directly, but our parents. Like, mm-hmm. I know my mom watched it live. Mm-hmm. Um, and said it was horrifying to watch. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, you can kind of have to step back a, a bit and say, okay, well, the shuttle program continued, yeah, but also the Roman Empire continued, mm-hmm. and it did get better. The crisis of the third century ended about a decade after Aurelian was killed. It got uh, better. Yeah, it got better. Um, yeah, Diocletian's reforms uh, probably extended its lifespan, mm-hmm. but. Was it, I mean, was it always going to last? No. Um, I would have to go with Eros as well, because mm-hmm. also, remember, Aurelian was beginning to do certain things with religion, mm-hmm. and if he had had time to really work at that, how would that have affected Christianity? Right. Because um, because this was like kind of the prime time of when it was begin- really beginning to take root. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'd have to go with arrows, which is funny because we don't know how we effed up. So <laughs> it um, was big, though, whatever it was. Lawrence Malloy, uh, he's still alive, so I don't know if you could sue me for saying this. <laughs> don't um, you don't are, say anything bad. You are condemned to always having be five underneath times. the launch pad when a rocket launches. Oh no! And you get vaporized. No. So. Don't say that of somebody alive. We could just say, like, we hope he always has a flat tire. Yeah. Although, to be fair, he has expressed deep remorse over it. 
Yeah, that's um, true. So Eris never apologized. <laughs> yeah, never had the chance to. <laughs> as far as we know. No, well, he's probably you know, begging for his life. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Or have you say that in Latin? I'm as sorry as I don't know. Um, wow, your Latin is so good. But yeah. Um, okay, our next matchup: Shah Muhammad the Second versus George Germain. This one's gonna be interesting. This one is one that you kind of have to like. Some of them in slam dunks so far, pretty easy decisions. This is one I, I still am kind of up in the air about. So Shah Muhammad the Second was the Shah of Khwarezm, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Shah Muhammad II was the Shah of Khwarezm, um, and his decision to execute envoys from Genghis Khan in 1218 led the Mongol leader to conquer Khwarezm and incorporate it into his own empire, and then inadvertently led to the seeds of the future Mongol frag- fragmentation. And then, did you say George Germain? Yes. Okay. He was the colonial secretary from 1775 to 82 and oversaw the British war effort during the American Revolutionary War, but his failure to adequately communicate orders to the field generals led to the British defeat at Saratoga in 1777 and the French entry into the Revolutionary War. <sighs> Man. Yeah, okay. th- this is this is one where I, I, I got the coin ready. The coin flip. Hmm. It's funny because I'm I'm simultaneously trying to decide who I actually think and then also betting on who you think. So <laughs> to see if I if I get it right. Uh, yeah, there's no right or wrong. You don't don't, don't do not take into consideration what I think. For 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 once I am telling you you shouldn't care what I think. Listeners, he is lying. <laughs> I don't know. You should I'm, not. I know. This is the only instance where you should not care what I think. <laughs> the only instance. Yes. Otherwise, you should always care what I think. Oh my gosh. What a goober. Okay. Um, hmm. Okay. I've made my decision. Shah Muhammad II. Okay. I, that's what I'm going with. I'm, I'm saying that because I think that the Mongolian Empire was incredibly far-reaching, and while I think that George Germain's F-up and the French being admitted into the war and obviously it's weighing the way that the war was going to go, because who knew? Who knows whether or not America would have won um, otherwise if the French hadn't been admitted into the war. I think that, I think the Mongolian Empire was just bigger, and I think that him executing those envoys uh, and Genghis Khan becoming involved and then fleeing from one side of his empire all the way over to the other side of the empire and then kind of splitting the power. Uh, I think that was a bigger F up myself. What did you say? We're going to need to go to the coin. Because I think George Germain was the bigger F upper. I had a feeling. I was like, because I know your love for the American Revolution. Uh, I'm trying not I'm not letting that sway me, but... Because the because Genghis Khan did what Genghis Khan does best and conquer. Um, if Shah Muhammad hadn't done that, I mean Genghis Khan would have focused would have kept focusing on China, and it probably would have been fully conquered, possibly within his lifetime. It would eventually still be fully conquered mm-hmm. uh, by his uh, successors, and then possibly they still would have turned west, anyways. Um, but an empire that large at that time was still always going to be too large for one person to rule. 
I mean, it was the largest contiguous land empire in history. That's fair. Like, to this day, it's still, like, the second or third largest. Hmm. Um, Like, from modern-day Ukraine to Korea to Vietnam all the way to the Middle East. Mm -hmm. Like, massive. So I think it was always going to break up. Mm -hmm. What that looked like, how that happened, would obviously have been different. But I still think it was inevitable. George Germain. If he had just simply made clear what he wanted his field generals to do, if he'd backed one plan over another, or like just just been clear about it, Mm -hmm. have a coherent strategy, the American Revolution, I feel like, would have turned out differently. Now, would America still be independent? I think that it still would be in some form. Mm -hmm. But would it be kind of still more, like, very closely linked to Britain? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because French intervention in the war was not a sure thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it took years for Benjamin Franklin and John Adams and all the other envoys to be sent to persuade them. Mm -hmm. This definitely helped. And they may still got involved at some point, but... By the time they did get involved, it may have been too late. Because uh, this was 1777. Um, the war still was not looking great for the United States at this time. So if the French don't get involved as much, or at all, how does that affect later on the French Revolution? Because the reason, the, well, the big, one of the big reasons the French Revolution happens is because of their involvement in the American Revolution. Because they had to pay for it, and they were broke. Mm-hmm. So... How does that affect that? You know, what form does that take? Because there was still always going to be unrest, but is it as extreme? So that's like, I feel like with George Germain, it's much more like domino effect mm-hmm. than Genghis Khan. Okay. Um. So flip would you coin. care to flip the coin? Heads or tails? Um, heads, Genghis Khan. Way to go. Should have had something to flip it in. You want me to just read it as it lies? Yep. Tails. So, George Germain advances. Okay. Or, yeah, I guess, I guess the F-Rapper was Shah Mohammed, not Genghis Khan. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but regardless, George Germain advances. Okay. Shah Mohammed II. You just get your head cut off. I don't know. Uh, next up, Battle of the Emperors. <laughs> Emperor Valens versus Louis the Pious. All right. Refereed em- by Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> Good. Uh, creepy. Emperor Valens was the Roman Emperor from 364 to 378, and his failure to wait for reinforcements before the Battle of Adrianople with the Goths led to his death and the ultimate destabilization of the Empire. And... The other one is... Louis the Pious. Louis the Pious. Emperor Louis the Pious was the Carolingian Empire from 813... Emperor... He was the Empire. The Emperor from 813 to 840, and his decision to continue the practice of dividing the realm equally amongst his sons led to civil war after his death and the creation of the predecessors of modern-day France and Germany, and the disputes over border regions would lead to over a millennium of conflict. I'm going to say Louis the Pious. Um... Yeah, the <laughs> I'm just thinking about all of the ways that Europe would be different if it had been one contiguous country still, rather than splitting it among all of his sons. 
um, and how France and Germany would basically be the same. Uh, it would be one big country and how World War II would have been different and World War One before it. If they even happened. Yeah, if they if they even happened. And maybe there is a gigantic united country in Europe rather than a bunch of smaller states, um, which obviously those borders have changed over time and the countries yeah. have changed and things. But um, yeah, once again, going with my gut, Louis the Pious. Uh, I agree. Okay. Um, Valens... Yeah, Adrianople was a massive loss. I mean, the emperor was killed in battle, mm-hmm. um, which is really bad. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, don't don't do that. That's why we don't send our leaders into battles anymore. Yeah, um, pretty much. They're the general, but yeah. they don't actually. They're yeah, not I, on the field. I don't see Biden leading personally leading the troops mm. anywhere. Um, Eighty-year-old man from, yeah, leading from the front. <laughs> yeah, that did, that's not really a thing no. anymore. What no. was what was the last president to actually lead? troops in battle it only happened well technically it only happened once with washington yes oh. uh during the whiskey rebellion in 1794 they didn't actually have a battle but he was there with the army hmm. um technically leading it but there wasn't actually like pitched battle or anything so that's the only time that's ever happened i think partly because one he was a general mm-hmm. you know he, he was He's like, well, I have experience with this. I'll just do it myself. And it was nearby. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, eh. But, um. I'll just ride my horse down. Don't even worry yeah. about it. Yes. But, um. But, yeah. Um. I feel like no matter the emperor, the. Got, like, the Goths were just one of many tribes that were invading. Mm-hmm. That, no matter the emperor, like, the, the just the pressure from that was going to have negative consequences for the Roman Empire. Yeah. So, while well, Mass that's like, I don't feel like that was a make or break moment. Yeah. Whereas Louis the Pious, it's like, uh, it had been tradition among the Franks to just divide their realm. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have had so many kids. <laughs> he, well, because Charlemagne, Louis the Pious was Charlemagne's only surviving son, so just everything went to him. Mm-hmm. And he himself saw, like, okay, well, that was smooth. Yeah. I should just do that and just leave everything my oldest son. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't remember which one that was, which one was. But, um, I think it was, like, Lothair. I, th- I don't remember offhand. Um, if he had just done that, I mean, yeah, his other sons might have been like, hey, you know, why didn't we get anything? Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't give them any power to begin with, they don't really have much of a power base to draw from to right. revolt. Um, they still may try, but if you have one guy in charge, it's pretty easy for him to, well, easier for him to put it, that, to put down those revolts. Right. Because you, the people don't care. I mean, yeah. at that point, like, no. the citizens would never be like... Yeah, and, I mean, you would see, like, France, what would become France, what would become Germany, fight over this borderline between them for literally a thousand years. Wow. Um... You have, like, do... F- you'd like the modern day languages of French and German develop. Mm-hmm. Because remember the Oaths of Strasbourg were the first written documentation like where they were separately now granted old French and old German like they're not mm-hmm. what they are today. Um, much like old English is not right. English today. But it's the first sign that those are really separating. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, like that, I'd say that Louis had the greater impact mm-hmm. by dividing by dividing up his realms amongst his sons. Okay. So Louis the Pious, you advance Emperor Valens. Um, just gonna get killed by the Goths. Over you're and you're condemned to be so that weirdo Goth kid in school. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. So. So the Rome region, second round matchups are going to be Julian Goodman versus Eros, and George Germain versus Louis the Pious. Awesome. So in our final region, in our next, the next to last first round matchup, Mike Veck versus Oscar Potioric. Okay, so Mike Veck was the Chicago White Sox executive who put on Disco Demolition Night in 1979, which led to a disco backlash and the decline of the genre. And who, Oscar Portioric, mm-hmm. who was the governor of Bosnia and Herzegovina, and he didn't tell the drivers of the convoy route uh, that that uh, they were changing, and it led to the assassination of the Austrian Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and that literally was the thing that started the World War One in 1914. And obviously, it's it's going to be Portioric. Yeah, I that's not even a question. Just write down Potiorik. We don't even have to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, as much as I loved doing that Disco Demolition Night episode, because like, yeah. it's it baseball, yeah. and one of my great loves is baseball. Um, yeah, it's pretty clearly Potiorik. I mean, a baseball riot. Where nobody affected, died. <laughs> that affected a musical genre. Versus the First World War. Yeah. Which led to the dissolution of three whole empires. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Potiorik... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I feel is right. I don't feel like Mike Vec. It's like you know, you're a young kid. Your dad was the boss. I mean, cut him some. Slack. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> so our last first round matchup: John Landis versus William Patterson. All right, John Landis was a filmmaker and director. Well, is a filmmaker and director, and he directed a segment of the Twilight Zone movie. And his failure to follow appropriate safety procedures led to three deaths. Uh, resulting in much more stringent safety protocols in the industry. And who is the second one? William Patterson. This was, this was, I think you said, was one of your favorite episodes. Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, the Scottish banker, and uh, William Patterson was a Scottish banker and entrepreneur, uh, the driving force behind the Darien scheme in the 1690s, and the utter fail- <laughs> utter failure of the Scottish colonial attempt led to near bankruptcy of Scotland and Union with England in 1707. Um, yeah, so John Landis, terrible, irresponsible, awful director, so sad for the families of those three people, um, but it's William Patterson, 100%, all the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Landis, uh, grade A douchebag. Yes, for sure. <laughs> As we decided in that episode, especially, like, the stuff that he said afterwards about it. Yep. Awful um, human being. Glad his career went downhill. Yeah. Um, William Patterson, yeah, I mean... It was kind of a harebrained attempt, anyway. I mean, it costs so much. This it's, is this is a period when tropical diseases were were death sentence. Yeah, and you are a people from a very cloudy and rainy country. Mm-hmm. You should not go to Panama. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, try, also, and try to sell wool. <laughs> it's uh, it's like winning the lottery and then taking all of your lottery winnings and buying scratch offs. Yes. <laughs> And um, thinking that's a good idea. Yeah, that's, and the that's fact that there were them. essentially two attempts at it. Yeah. And horrible miscommunication. 
And it's like, okay, well, Scotland's bankrupt now, but we need bailed out, so... England, you want to join us? It's like the thing England has tried to had tried to do for literal centuries by conquest, they do because of economics. Yeah. It's like Edward the First would be like I don't know if he'd be spinning in his grave the fact that that Scots were not hammered into submission or the fact that he would be like jumping for joy that Scotland was now part of England part of England essentially. <laughs> um so yeah, yeah it, it, it. I mean, I mean, to this, we feel those effects to this day. I mean, yeah. Scotland literally had an independence referendum eight years ago, and right. they're wanting another one. Yeah. So it's like we're still feeling that to this day. So yeah, Patterson, you advance. John Landis, no further condemnation for you. I feel like your your career downturn afterwards was condemnation enough. Yep. The fact that you are a completely irrelevant entity in Hollywood. Yep. Is your condemnation. So. Yep. Lots of Hollywood flops. Yep. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Oof. <laughs> so the Dayton region, the second round matchups, Leonidas Polk versus Oscar Potiorek and William Patterson versus Pothinus. All right. So our second round matchups are set. So back to the top. So back this, to... I feel like this round we could probably go a little bit quicker. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a less debate. Yeah. So the London region, King Alexander III versus Maurice. Okay, so King Alexander III, we didn't read his. Um, he was the king of Scots, and he really needed to get home to sleep with his wife so he could get an heir. And he traveled during a storm, and then he was found dead the next morning, which sent Scotland into a succession crisis and led to intervention by King Edward I of England, resulting in the Wars of Scottish Independence. Who was the second one? Emperor Maurice. Okay. Emperor Maurice. Okay. Yeah. yeah, see, I I had to think about this one too because it's like okay, uh, Alexander, that was a pretty big f up. Mm-hmm. Like, because afterwards, you know, Edward the First was basically invited in, right? <laughs> and we saw how that turned out. But yeah, I agree with Mar- I agree with you, Maurice. The larger impact again, like a more regional impact, really a global impact. Because mm-hmm. if you know, you have a strong Sassanid Empire and a strong Roman Empire. Does Islam really take root the way it does? Right. Does uh, it cause destabilization? Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, England had been kind of screwing with Scotland for centuries at this point. It would right. screw with it for centuries more. So Even that Edward aspect of first. it didn't change. Right. Um, so, yeah, Maurice. I mean, as much as I want to pick Alexander, because he's just horny, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got to go with Maurice. All right, Alexander III, you are condemned to eternally have blue balls forever forevermore <laughs> no release all right Jeez. all right next up battle of british assholes oliver cromwell versus louis mountbatten <sighs> dang Told you, it's getting now it's getting like yeah yeah think on it louis mountbatten uh mm-hmm. what happened in ireland was terrible but what happened in india was worse i agree yeah louis mountbatten like it's Ireland on a larger scale. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just the sheer numbers of people. Um, I think I think what we're saying here is that uh, the British Empire sucks. <laughs> I feel like there's a trend yeah. in our picks, but yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I would agree with that assessment, but uh, <laughs> Mountbatten, you advance. Cromwell, the famous, you know, stick-in-the-mud Puritan, you're condemned to just be at a party all the time. 
like the the most like lewd Rockets. rave you could imagine. Cromwell, <laughs> you are condemned to be at it and in the center of it. <laughs> okay, well that concludes the London region for that round. So the third round matchup will be Maurice versus Louis Mountbatten. All right. So the Washington region, Byron Smith versus Chester Arthur. All right, so Byron Smith, uh, we didn't cover him in the first round, but he was a sound engineer from Jamaica who left off the vocal track and the music uh, and, and inadvertently led to the creation of dub music. And then, um, who else did you say? Chester Arthur. Chester Arthur. Um, Chester Arthur. Yeah. That's I, it. <laughs> I agree. I mean, Byron Smith, you wrap up helpfully to a whole musical genre. Not, a, not, not that bad. <laughs> no. I mean, it's, again, it's not... It's not Good or bad. Yeah. It's just the size of the impact. Yeah. Not not a big size impact versus yeah. In the terms Congo. of the mess that is of the Congo. Yeah. Uh, not that you can... I mean, Arthur, you can't entirely blame the whole Congo on him mm-hmm. solely, but he was kind of the one that got the ball rolling on, like, international recognition of it, so... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Arthur. Byron Smith. Um, you know, you weren't necessarily a bad guy. You, you, don't, you don't get condemned. All right. You get to live your life. <laughs> okay, so next up, Kermit Roosevelt Jr. versus Alfred Baldwin. Okay. So Alfred Baldwin was the lookout for the Watergate burglary, and his distraction led to the capture of the burglars and the revelation of the conspiracy, which ultimately led to Nixon's resignation in disgrace. Um, still going to go with Kermit Roosevelt Jr. on this one. Yeah, this one, I, I, it did give me some pause, because, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, because, it, it, like, you know, it's like, okay, well, if Baldwin isn't distracted, as Watergate, ha- like, does the yeah. revelation of it that then happen? Right. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with uh, you, Roosevelt, because, I mean, that literally affected people's lives. Right. Whereas, Alfred Baldwin's F, F up uh, affected the lives of few people. Including Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, people weren't killed over it. Right. Unless you believe some conspiracy theories about Martha Mitchell, but that's a whole other thing. But, um, well, now I must know. Well, you can look into it. You have to tell me later. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Roosevelt. So, yeah, this next matchup in the Washington region is Arthur V. Arthur v. Roosevelt. To, oh, so, boy. two presidential names, but not, not one of those Roosevelts. <laughs> Um, so next up in the Rome region, Julian Goodman versus Eros. Okay, so Julian Goodman was the executive at NBC that approved cutting to Heidi before the end of the Jets Raiders game in 1968, which re- resulted in a huge public outcry and changed policy, which uh, created the cer- current situation where sports games preempt all other programming if they go over the allotted time slot. Um, so literally anything else against this is what wins, but. Uh, I think you said Eros. Yeah, Eros. Eros yeah. wins. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, it, it, it's, it's hard to pick one that's like, because, like, Julie is not a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but, oh, yeah. Um, previously, Alfred Baldwin, you're condemned to watch Attack of the Puppet People for the rest of eternity. Because <laughs> that's a movie you were watching and so engrossed in. But, yeah, um, yeah, Eros in this one, um, definitely. Sure. I mean, kind of, that's kind of an easy one. Julian um, Goodman is. Julian Goodman. Yeah, he's he's uh, doomed to get a lot of angry phone calls forever. He's condemned to never be able to see the ending of a thrilling NFL game. <laughs> wow, that's that's a pretty intense, it's a pretty intense wish. But anyways, continue. 
I say that on vengeance for my stepfather, who was probably watching that game. <laughs> um, As a kid. Yes. Um, so next up, George Germain versus Louis the Pious. This is going to be another one that's kind of, hmm. Okay. So... And, and remember, George Germain was our coin flip one from the first round, so... Okay. Uh, that I won, by the way. Uh-huh. Hmm. Louis the Pious. Okay. All right. See, I'd say I got a thing on this one, too. You didn't like... already predetermine all of your answers? No, oh, well, well, I, I guess mean, you can't. Probably the first round, yeah, I, I kind of had to think. But yeah, these, I mean, it's like I... Yeah, yeah all right. Couldn't really do that. But, um... Hmm. Because Louis the Pious, it's like you have really the creation of what would be France and what would be Germany. And really what would be Italy as well. I mean, in a roundabout way, but... My thinking was, it's a thousand years of conflict between the two of them. That's true. George Germain, big impact, but would France have come in anyways? Would That's America true. have persevered? That's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go through with the pious as well. George Germain, you are condemned to... Speaking well, he, different... he, he was a British noble. He was a stuffy British noble. So you are condemned to be a peasant for the rest of the time. Okay. With no title. <laughs> Heaven forbid a British noble goes without a title. The indignity. <laughs> so the matchup in the Rome region is going to be Eros versus Louis the Pious. So, next up in the Dayton region, the person who you thought was a made-up name, <laughs> Leonidas Polk yep. versus Potioric. Oscar so, Potioric. So Leonidas Polk was the Confederate general and the Episcopal bishop whose preemptive invasion of Kentucky in 1861 led to the Commonwealth of Kentucky to side with the Union during the Civil War. Um, Potioric, again. Yeah, I mean... It's, it is hard... Confederate general and Episcopal bishop. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just such a dumb combination of things. Yeah. I mean, Confederate and general is a dumb combination of things, but... Anyway. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Potioric literally caused World War One. Um, his actions led to an assassination, which led to World War One. Polk caused Kentucky to side with the with the Union during the Civil War, but it could have been won by the Union even if Kentucky didn't join up. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been harder. Yeah. Certainly, I mean, even if Kentucky was neutral it would have been harder yeah let alone joining the confederacy which i don't think was ever gonna i don't think it was ever gonna be on the cards but mm -hmm. yeah I, I i'd have to go with port york as well because again first world war millions upon millions dead mm -hmm. three empires wiped off the map numerous new countries this is the sheer chaos after the first world war in eastern europe just i mean just there alone not to mention the middle east and africa but um but yeah i gotta go with port york as well Leonidas Polk, you are condemned to, like the hundreds of people you enslaved, you are condemned to work the fields with no wage. Oh, all right. What's our next so, matchup? So, final matchup of the second round. William Patterson versus Pothinus. Okay. So, uh, William Pat... Oh, we didn't do Pothinus. Pothinus right. was the advisor to Pharaoh Ptolemy Thirteenth, who foolishly counseled him... Uh, Pothinus counseled Ptolemy to 
assassinate Pompey the Great in 48 BC, who is fleeing to Egypt after being defeated by Caesar, by Julius Caesar. Caesar's anger at the assassination of his rival, who he had planned to pardon, uh, led to his association with Cleopatra VII, which set in motion events which would lead to the end of the kingdom. And that was against who? William Patterson. Oh, yeah. Pothinus. (laughs) Oh, boy. I mean, hands down, Pothinus. Yeah. um, It sucks what happened to Scotland, but... Yeah. I mean, they had the same monarch for a century at this point. Right. It's possible that union between the two was still going to happen at some point down the future. It may have taken on a different character. Sure. Um, And Scotland may have been in a a greater negotiating position for it. But, uh, yeah, Pothinus, I mean... That was intense. You don't kill, like, if you just hand Ptolemy or... Yeah, Ptolemy, or not Ptolemy, uh, the Pompey, Pompey over to Caesar. Yeah. I mean, you could you could just held him prisoner. Right. Give him to Caesar. Caesar doesn't have to intervene in Egypt. Cleopatra probably doesn't really... I mean, she may have still, like, fought a, be able to fight a civil war and take over uh, from her brother, her brother-husband. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, also, an alive Pompey... Still, probably would have. I mean, is you know, for all of his intents and purposes, Pompey still may have served as a rallying point for anti-Caesar right. people, even if Caesar had pardoned him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Pothinus had the greater impact. William Patterson, you are doomed to join your colonists in death in Panama. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So right. okay. So our four. Quarterfinal matchups. All right. Emperor Maurice versus Louis Mountbatten. Chester Arthur versus Kermit Roosevelt Jr. Eros versus Louis the Pious. Oscar Potiorek versus Pothinus. Dang, so, okay. first, Emperor Maurice versus Louis Mountbatten. Okay. Dang. Now we're getting into the tough mm-hmm. stuff. <sighs> Emperor Maurice. Any particular reason or just. Final answer. Um, I think that the destabilization of the region actually ended up leading to conditions that made what Louis Mountbatten did even worse. Um, huh. Just Good based point. off based off the fact that um, so that area was invaded, it, like what you said earlier, a strong Sassanid Empire and a strong Roman Empire might not have let Islam become such a big religion and become such a I hesitate to say territorial religion, but to for areas with adherence to the religion to become very territorial, um, which I think... I mean, I mean, it did become a large empire I yeah. mean, the, during the uh, Umayyad and Rashid and Caliphates. I mean, it was a very... I mean, stretch from modern-day Portugal, North Africa, Spain, um, Sicily, Egypt... All the way to India. So, yeah. I'm going to say Maurice. Okay. Um, I definitely think that those effects, the effects of (laughs) the mutiny and his overthrow basically caused those terrible conditions that Mm -hmm. the the British Empire took advantage of. So, I'm going to say Maurice. I'm going to say Maurice as well. How does that affect Islam going forward? Does yeah. it still become a strong religion? Does it really just become like a regional religion? Kind of like Zoroastrianism. Right. Does it right. become regional? Does it just instead go south into Africa? Zoroastrianism. 
Does it become a major player? Yeah, because I mean, it doesn't get nearly wiped out mm-hmm. as it would. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Maurice as well. Mountbatten, you're condemned to just stay in India because you didn't want to be in there in the first place. Yeah, you're condemned to just live out the rest of your life. Also, since you're also a stuffy British royal, you get no title as well. Hell you're yeah. no longer an earl or a prince or a fleet admiral. All the ha- the million letters of after your name, you don't get any of those anymore. You're just Louis Mountbatten. Nobody. <laughs> so next up, Chester Arthur versus Kermit Roosevelt Jr. All right. So basically, we have to pit what happened in the Congo versus what happened to Iran. I'm going to pick Chester Arthur. Uh, I think Congo, I think the point that you made earlier about the Congo, by all rights and means, deserving to be one of the most powerful independent countries in the world and not ever being able to achieve that and maybe not even in the future being able to achieve that based off of Chester Arthur's acknowledgement of King Leopold's ownership of it. I think that's that's worse. Uh, I do think that the Iranian Revolution uh, and the continued strained relationship between the United States and all of the Middle East um, was affected by Kermit Roosevelt Jr., but I'm going to say Chester Arthur again. May say Arthur as well. Um, this one is another one I had to think about. Not only does it affect Congo, it's up like all the countries around it. Sure. Because, I mean, they all get involved in the Congo Civil Wars. You know, how does that affect those countries around them? And how does it affect Africa as a continent yeah. being stable? And, and it still would have been exploited. Right. Maybe just not by the Belgians. Mm-hmm. Maybe by somebody else. Whereas Roosevelt, it's like, you know, there was still instability in Iraq. You still have all these foreign companies wanting to pressure their own governments to intervene. So we still may have seen that. You still have a figure to rally around against Mossadegh in the Shah. Uh, so yeah, I think our, so I, I think it still may have happened in some way, shape, or form. Um, but yeah, I think Arthur um, Arthur's uh, going to move on. Kermit Roosevelt Jr., you probably get the, you know, ad, you know he did log, live long enough. You get the condemnation of just having the name Kermit. Because, <laughs> sorry, somebody thinks says Kermit, they're going to think Kermit the Frog. Exactly. So. I do. Okay, next up, Eros versus Louis the Pious. All right, so we have uh, Assassination of Aurelian versus the border dispute between France and Germany. I'm going to say Louis the Pious, because we don't know whether or not Eros and Aurelian, you know, being assassinated. Aurelian could have gotten sick, and then the crisis of the third century continued happening. Mm. Or, uh, you know, and we can postulate on whether or not Aurelian's early death caused, you know, Christianity to become big, but that's that's kind of a leap, I think. Um, Louis the Pious, though, yeah. Yep, I'm, I'm saying... I said Louis the Pious, right? Yeah. Yep, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. Um, I kind of hope this would be more of a debate. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. It, you know, it's, Maybe I it shouldn't. Just, it just means your thinking is correct. Um, <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be the one to go first now. No, no. Am I swaying you? No, no, oh, okay. no. Oh, well, that's um, that. But Louis the Pious, um, yeah, um, that bo- yeah, thousand-year border dispute. Yeah. It, yeah, Aurelian is riddled with what ifs. Mm-hmm. Louis the Pious took actions to lead to this thing. Right. Eros, it's like, again, Aurelian could have got sick and died the next day. Exactly. 
Especially back then. Right. Uh, so, yeah, um, I'm going to go with Louis the Pious as well. I think his butt could have fallen out like that other guy that you read that terrible paragraph um, about. Is it Galerius? Yeah, I think it was Galerius. Yeah, his butt um, could have fallen out. So, Eros, you get condemned to just... To to live on anonymity. Yes. We don't even know his name. <laughs> yep. No, that may not even... His True. name comes from one source. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um... Maybe that's condemnation enough. So, yes. Oscar Potiorek versus Pothinus. I'm going to say Oscar Potiorek. Pothinus is, again, another one that's kind of riddled with what-ifs. Would they have actually been... Like, would would Caesar... Caesar had planned to pardon Pompey, and that's why he was mad, but, like, what if something else had happened? Mm. You know, Oscar Potiorek took direct action. It literally led to World War One. Or, or in action, rather. Yeah. Exactly. So, Potiorek. Yeah, see, this it's like a thing to consider. Like, the First World War was probably going to happen regardless. Right. It just, then it, you know, where does it start? When does it begin? What's the nature of it? It was kind of like a tea kettle boiling and yeah. it was getting ready to boil over. Just a matter of when and how much it boils over by. Pothinus. Hmm. He was an advisor to a boy king. But that boy king was an absolute ruler. He could make any decision he wanted. Right. I'm going to go with the poet York as well. Uh, Pothinus, you get condemned to watch these inbred pharaoh siblings have sex. Ew, gross. <laughs> that's a terrible... That's one of the worst things that you've wished so far. I All mean, right. <laughs> that's what they did. So, our final four. All right. In this tournament of F-Ruppers. Emperor Maurice versus Chester Arthur, who got farther than I thought he would. To Chester be Arthur, with. yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's kind of lucky in his mashup so far. He's he he was kind of lucky to be president because he'd never been elected office before right. before being vice president. He was tacked onto the ticket as a bone to like this party boss in New York, and then he just ends up just, ex, just ends up in the presidency, and he's like nowhere near qualified for it. But he does, other than the Congo. Doesn't do terribly. Mm-hmm. He's middling. He's not. He's no Harding or Nixon or Johnson or Andrew Johnson or um, Orange Pumpkinhead. But um, so yeah. So it's like a middling bureaucrat essentially. Um, and then Louis the Pious versus Oscar Potiorek. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's a it's two emperors, a president, and a governor. All right. So, so it's so it, Emperor Maurice versus Chester Arthur. Man, this is hard because I've used some logic to like dismiss one or say that one is worse than the other, mm-hmm. and now I'm kind of faced with like that same logic biting me in the ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Emperor Maurice, we're saying Emperor Maurice. I said, you know, who knows if. Islam would have been as big of a religion. And Arthur, I'm saying, who knows? Like, would the Congo Free State have mm-hmm. been colonized by somebody else or exploited by somebody else? So now I'm kind of like in between the middle of two where my questionable logic has failed me. <laughs> Emperor Maurice. I'm going to go with Maurice. Because his actions affected a huge amount a a huge land area um chester arthur um 
the terrible sin of what happened in the Congo is limited to that area. And that's what I'm going to go for. Um, while those atrocities are by magnitude greater, mm. um, the Congo, I think, is a less smaller region of impact versus what happened with Maurice. So I'm going to go with Maurice. I'm going to go with Maurice as well. Um, both of their F-ups are kind of innocuous. Because Maurice was just like, well, we'll just winter on this side of the river. And Arthur was like, well, let me just sign this paper. We'll go and recognize this. Mm-hmm. And not look into it too much. Yeah, Arthur's F-up is lesser in magnitude. Yeah. But I hate saying that because millions end up dead. Yeah. But, again, Maurice, it's like, if you had just not done that, this it's just another domino effect. You know, him getting overthrown by... Uh, I don't remember his successor offhand. Um, I don't remember it offhand, but... Um, Sasana don't intervene. Both empires in it only in a week. It, it's like, it just leads to so many things. Mm-hmm. And you can clearly see it. Um, so yeah, Maurice... You advance. Chester Arthur, you are condemned to have your magnificent sideburn shaved off. No. Yeah. All right. And he has some killer sideburns. <laughs> um, so our next, our second and final, final four matchup. Louis the Pious versus Oscar Potiorek. Yeah, this one is, that, this is going to make you sweat. Potiorek. World War One was world, world war, you know. Mm. Uh, obviously, France and Germany, that's pretty big swath of land but i think that it affected the way that world war one went however i'm i'm still gonna say potiorek it affected the entire world yeah this one's harder for hard for me as well because yeah louis the pious you have again the separation into what would be france versus what would be germany which really in a way affects potiorek's f up because many years later over a century or over a millennium later, you have those two countries on opposite sides of an alliance. They're opposite sides of a of, in two two different alliances. It's almost kind of like an excuse for Germany and France to fight yet again over, especially for France, because the previous war that Germany and France had fought, Germany took a piece of land called Alsace Lorraine that France wanted the back, and they were look probably looking for an excuse to go get it, go get it back, and they did. Mm-hmm. Louis the Pious, his. F up, it was based on a tradition that the Franks had had for centuries at this point. He had just inherited Charlemagne's massive empire because he was the only one there. Mm-hmm. Well, only son left. But do you still get, you may still have, you may still get France and Germany at some point. Even if he doesn't do it, maybe his, his eldest son, who he'd leave it to, does it. Maybe you still have that pressure. Because, I mean, the two different language systems may still be incompatible. They may still force a separation. Mm-hmm. Whereas Pope York, it's like the First World War, I think, was always going to happen. Him, His F-up just uh, shifted like or influenced where and when it happened and why it happened. Mm-hmm. You may have had another First World War in a different universe a year later between France and Germany starting it. Sure. So you still have the animosity there. I think I might have to go with Louis the Pious. Okay. So we need the, we need the coin for the for the second time in this tournament. 
which I thought would be used more, but okay, you call it this time. Uh, heads, Potiorik. Tails. Slowly the pious. Slowly the pious. So, uh, two emperors. Emperor battles of history. <laughs> Oscar Potiorik, you are condemned to <laughs> drive in, drive in a traffic circle <laughs> yeah, for eternity. Not drive, no, yeah. Drive in a, a traffic circle. Yeah, and like an old roundabout, like nineteen tens jalopy, <laughs> and you uh, can never get out. Yeah, the only, the only the only time you can ever get out is to turn the crank on it to start it again. <laughs> Okay, so the final battle. Dun 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 dun. It's Louis the Pious versus Maurice. Louis the Pious in this corner. <laughs> in the other corner, Emperor Maurice. Who? Who would have thunk it? Boiled down to two emperors: mm. Chester Arthur. I mean, we had like. Scooting. I mean, how many emperors have we had? One. A lot. Two, three, three. Oh, okay. Well, related, but like relating to like a couple episodes are like kind of peripherally related. We talked about emperors, so like like five episodes, but that's, that's a lot of f ups in Roman history. So, Emperor Maurice. Emperor Maurice. I think he's okay. my ultimo hombre. Yeah. Uh, both of their decisions were pretty innocuous, like what you mentioned. Emperor Maurice decided to camp. And Louis the Pious decided to just do what he thought he knew best. Follow tradition. <laughs> um, but I think that Emperor Maurice's action or inaction or decision to camp on one side and his eventual overthrow had a lot more um, wide-ranging effects. Um, not not just the Sassanid Empire, not just Islam, but also those Germanic tribes and what ended up becoming like Germany, France, all the little countries to the east of Germany. Um, I think that was a bigger deal um, versus what Louis the Pious did. So I'm going to say Emperor Maurice. Sir Louis the Pious. France and Germany. That's a pretty big result. The development of the French language separate from the German language. Thousand years of conflict between France and Germany. Not just in Europe, but around the world. I mean, how many times does that drag in other countries? Maurice, um, do we have is Islam as strong as it is without him making that mistake? Do we still have a Zoroastrian Iranian country state <laughs> of some sort to, to this very day? Uh, Maurice's actions affected an entire religion. And the fates of two countries. Louis the Pious's actions affected the fate of two countries. So therefore, I'm going to agree and go with Emperor Maurice. Louis the Pious, you are condemned to... Never be able to decide what you're going to do with your, with your empire. You're, ne- you're, you're never con- going to pick con- your sons. <laughs> you're condemned to never be able to reach a decision on what to eat for dinner. Oh, that's terrible. That is terrible. So, Emperor Maurice, maybe we can insert some celebratory background music here or something. Or, like, yeah, you know, put, put in, like, the 
the Ewok celebration from the Return of the Jedi. I can pull up my phone right now. If you want. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's copywritten. Oh. I'll just find like a, a trumpet. Yeah, there we go. Flare. No, like. No. Just like. Anyway, Emperor Maurice, you are officially crowned again because you're an emperor. You're officially crowned again for a second time, but this time crowned as our inaugural. F or up or what? What does the crown look like? It's poop. <laughs> it's just. Poop. I was thinking that, but I didn't want to. <laughs> it's just go a, that route. But sure, that's fine. It's a crown just made of dried poop. Yeah, and I'll draw a, it like dried cat poo, freshly gotten from the litter box. So, so it has little little pieces of litter all over it, and you and get cardboard. that on your head. In cardboard. Yes, I'll draw it up, and and we'll make it for when this episode comes yeah. out. That'll be the. The, yeah. pa- the photo we yeah. post. Or it's like or it's like a trash can lid. <laughs> yeah. Or just a trash can on, <laughs> on their photo, yeah. like over their head. Yep. Oh, and Emperor Maurice, so there you go. You are... King Effer Upper. Yep. Emperor, Year one. Emperor Effer Upper. <laughs> so, that concludes this special, one year special anniversary special episode special special <laughs> um so we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming soon enough yeah uh next up uh will probably be sometime before christmas mm-hmm. um so in light of that in light of the festivity of the holiday season our next episode will not be the oft talked about episode on the Irish potato famine because that is a depressing topic for topic for Christmas time. Not the troubles. No, not the troubles. So we're gonna take a page out of another podcast behind the bastard. We're gonna take a page out of their book and do a more cheery holiday episode. Um, we're gonna look at someone who, instead of effing up and making a really bad decision, they made a really good decision. That warms my heart. Yes, I won't say who because. You know, just keep the keep the suspense. All right. So, you nice. know. But, uh, yeah, this guy, trust me, we owe our lives to this man. Oh, okay. Yes. Inventor of the air conditioner. No. Oh, okay. Although, whoever that is, I don't know who, they should be made a saint in every possible church. <laughs> Please be sure to check out our other projects, The Drunken Pawn, where we play board games and drink on youtube uh, attack of the final girls my sister podcast project with my lovely pod wife juliet where we talk about horror movies follow us on twitter and instagram at we effed up no spaces be sure to rate and review us wherever you listen until next time i'm Teresa. i'm cody and this is we, we effed, effed up, up.